Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly this music is. podcast where every week we get into a different different artist, different band, and we listen to all of their records, and then we rank them from worst to best. Uh, we give our biggest banger from each of them, possibly a stinker if we have them, and we try to have a good time doing that. Doing that. Um, before we do that, though, we usually do the Six Degrees of Tom DeLong, which I didn't do this week. Did you do any? I mean... Or is it just too easy? It was too easy. I, I think the, the most notable thing that's maybe not like... as obvious but but gabe mcnair the guy that plays trombone for no doubt yes i mean he's played with this a slew of musicians including the offspring the vandals zebrahead no doubt dream car i mean the guy's done a lot of stuff he plays trombone <laughs> yeah. so easy. easy easy peasy i mean i i guess i, I guess we're, we are doing the six years with tom DeLong, but um <laughs> So off the top of my head, we start with uh, with Adrian, who was one of the backup drummers for the Vandals, just in case um, Josh Reeves wasn't able to do it. Yeah, I think he was like, I think Adrian's like third in line, and he so he played with them a bunch of times, and then you know, go from the Vandals, to Josh Freeze to Blink, Blink to Tom. There you go, easy peasy go. right there. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But uh, but oh yeah, Dub, we're going, we're doing no doubt today. Obviously, if you didn't read the title. Already, we're doing no doubt. So we're gonna rank all six of their records. We're not doing the Disneyland demos because Jeff was fusty. We're not doing the B-side compilation from uh, from the the Rock Steadies. So we're just doing their six albums. Um, so yeah, let's just start with uh, with your number six, Jeff. What do you got? Go, push and shove. Easy number six. Easy number six. Easy, easy number six. Six album, 2012. It was a good pop album. It's fine. I think it's uh, I think it's clear, and had been clear by this point that no doubt was just around now to be a side project for Gwen Stefani, and while there's nothing wrong with that, but like we should be calling it what it is. This is not no doubt anymore. Yeah. These are program drums. I don't know why Adrian's even fucking involved in this. Tom is Tom's guitar is barely noticeable. It's um, it, but it's a good pop album. Good pop tunes, great melodies, but again, just not what I'm looking for in my no doubts. Agreed. It's, so it's also my number six. D- did you have any bangers off this one? No. There were songs that I thought were good, but not good enough for me to playlist because they're not good enough. They're not good No Doubt songs, and they're not good Gwen Stefani pop album songs. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I don't I don't know why they made this. I don't know who this was for, um, except just themselves or maybe to make a quick buck to go on. Maybe just to have a record that they put out so they can go out on a tour so it's not like a nostalgic act. Maybe that was a big reason why they put this record out. Um, it just doesn't seem like they were a band making a record. It just seemed like, like you said, like it was Gwen and maybe one of the, like maybe Tony's like side project. Um, and it, it's like all electronic, which is fine. You know, th- that's, that's fine. I, I just, like you said too, when I want to hear No Doubt, I want to hear other things. I want to hear them more of a ska thing, more of a reggae thing, more of just a rock punk thing. You know, that's what I want to hear with no doubt, but you get none of that here. And the songs are long. Um, 
it clocks in, I think, at almost an hour, if I'm not mistaken. And it's just, it goes nowhere. None of the songs are are, are really, they don't catch my attention really at all. And honestly, there are quite a few, no doubt, songs that are filler for sure. Um, and most of them are on this record. So Push and Shove, it's just, there's no reason for it. So that's my number six. No banger. Not that they're bad, just no banger. Okay. So what do you got for number five? Here we go. Here's where we get into the <laughs> the stuff that I enjoy through thoroughly, like through and through. But Beacon Street Baby, number five, second album. Okay. Low, but okay. There's and wrong, there's, but. there's definitely a spot in their discography for discography for this one. This came out at a very a very trying time for the band, right? They're struggling for success and they're just not getting it. And this album flopped, like their first album kind of did. And the world was still coming down from you know, Cobain and the, the grunge kind of on its way out and the overall change in direction for rock music in 94. So releasing an album in 95 that's very regional, very niche, that's Dander Suicide anyway. These songs have great parts, but I don't think they're that great as a whole. Just just fine. Gwen's writing songs here because Eric is on his way out and he stopped like recording, stopped showing up to rehearsals because he's kind of upset on their direction. And the other band has to kind of step in and write music. So I think it's a little it's a little disjointed in the direction of the songs. Some of the songs don't make sense. A lot of songs like flow from this this crazy poppy verse to like a slow, dramatic, heavier chorus, <coughs> which like it could be fine if they worked on the transition between the two, but it's it just it just doesn't. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing, and I I I think this is like a B side album because these songs just aren't they're not Damn. that great. They're just really not that great, and I've. Over the years, I, I've I've tried to get into this one, and it's just it's just not their best work by 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 any means. Total Hate, that's probably like my favorite one. That one's got Bradley, Bradley on it. Yeah. But even that song, dude, like the transition from the fast punk thing, which is like the most aggressive thing they've ever done on, on an album. Mm-hmm. But the transition from that is just like it's weird. It just starts up out of nowhere, and this isn't a this isn't a band that can do it. Well, they they just don't they don't do those type of transitions well. They know how to groove, and when they're in it, they can do it. But the transitions, they don't they don't know how to do very well. So, all right, Beacon Street. Okay, all right, that's your number five. Um, my number five is this one dropped a lot, and I do have this on vinyl, and I probably will purge it. Uh, and that is Return of Saturn, fourth album from two thousand. I uh, there's just a ton of filler on here. I, I just, I, it's long. Um, there are some absolute bangers. Ex-Girlfriend, I think that is, that's a top five no doubt song, without a doubt. And, um, oh, without a doubt. Um, and there's something I'm going to, I want to talk about on the main episode, which I won't get too much into right now, but they're a singles band. That's what they are. Um, and we'll get into that later. But this album, it's just, it's just mostly all filler. I just, I forget where I, I forget where I'm at. I forget where a song starts and ends. It's just a lot of the same here, outside of the singles, outside of the singles. Um, but yeah, ex-girlfriend is my banger off this, and Bathwater is good too, um, which is another single. But um, I just don't, I don't know. Return of Saturn, they had so much to live up to. They had so much like so much pressure after doing Tragic Kingdom, and I just feel like they fell really flat on this one. Okay, and I just I don't. I, I will probably purge this one. Okay, I probably will. Those are those are those are opinions <laughs> that are wrong, but that's okay. That's fine. 
<laughs> so yeah, Return of Saturn, my number five. What do you got for number four? Number four is Rocksteady. Okay. I, 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 right. I only put this one above Beacon Street because I like I like this direction that they went in. Um, but my biggest problem for me is just how fast this one tapers off into being just like meh at best. But the first half of this album <laughs> is fucking untouchable. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's great. All the way to In My Head, which is good. That's and a then good song. The last three songs, they just, man, those songs, those last three songs are are, are just not very good. Um, <laughs> I, I love them doing a more dance forward album like this with heavy rhythms, great bass lines. I love this record a lot. And I think they achieved the sound absolutely perfectly. I think they pulled it off flawlessly. This is not a pop album. This is a rock band doing a more like pop centric kind of genre, but it's not a pop album. There's still a rock band at this point. Yeah. And like songs like In My Head prove they, they still keep like their punk edge because that's kind of like a punkier song on the album. Eh, a um, little bit. It's I one mean, of the better songs for sure. But uh, don't don't let me don't let me down. Don't let me down. That one that one hit me harder this week. <laughs> Produced by Rick Ocasek and and his shows. It's an incredible track and it just furthers like Rick's legendary status as a producer and songwriter. And yeah. I've been getting more and more into the cars and the cars are tough for me because I just don't like that that genre of music all that much. But goddamn, dude. Like some of the stuff that guy's touched is just it's unreal. On yeah, his extracurriculars are are pretty fucking good. I mean, everything will be all right in the end. Come on, by Weezer, that Weezer record. I mean, that's Come on. not the only Weezer record he. Come did, on, but. well, that's the best Weezer record he did. Uh, okay, that's true. It's better than Blue. Okay. That record is better than Blue. That's you know it is. We are just saying so many stupid <laughs> fucking things today. You yeah. just you're just you're getting you're getting stuck. You're getting stuck in a place. And not at you, all. I love Rocksteady. You got I, I love Rocksteady. Then Rocksteady. You got a lot of like, goggles on right now. Not at all. Because I meant we know more Weezer we, goggles. We, oh well, but, that's yeah. then, then no, that's not. I like I like everything will be all right in the end. It's not better than Blue or Pinkerton. That's stupid. That's, better than Blue. That's just being a dumb. That, come on, don't be silly. Don't be silly, boy here. Oh, okay. Rocksteady number four. That's where it should be. All right, my number four is also Rocksteady. Uh, I this record, I we did this record almost exact actually a week ago, a year and a week ago. To the day we did Rocksteady on the podcast. Oh, weird. Um, yeah, right? And uh, and I, I, I found like this, this kind of newfound love for the record. Not to say like I, I think it's a great record because it's fine. Like you said, it kind of does taper off. It has a lot of filler like a, most of the records do. Um, but there are some absolute bangers on here. Songs that, you know, I, I didn't like when they came out, but songs like Hella Good, dude, that... The, I just love the way that song sounds like everything sounds kind of electronic and manufactured, but it works like it just it sounds heavy, like in an electronic way. It's fucking good. Um, and then also just the way after like taking a dive into this record and how it was made, where it was made, it just gives it a whole different um, whole different feel. And 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 I just I thought it was so cool the way they recorded this record and just the behind the scenes of it. And some of the songs are just absolute fucking bangers. Um, so many, so many different so influences. Good. What? That song is so good. Hella good is so Hella good. good is really Hella good. good. Is yeah, Hella good. <laughs> that chorus as synthy as it is, that chorus drops so fucking hard. 
just that it's such a simple a simple you know melody line too it's, it's called it's, it's fucking called hella good dude nobody in, in southern california nobody in anybody south of Florida, like stockton or some shit says hella yeah dumb <laughs> love that <laughs> love it and it's so fucking catchy it's so much fun to sing in my head also another absolute banger off the record but my my favorite song on this record it's a top five as well a top five no doubt song and you hate me for it but i don't care it's running i love the song running just, so much it just, it's so dumb this is I like think your it, dumb fucking it's such thing a beautiful song that, like it, oh it's so good that jimmy rule songs like top five and then you think oh, like five, cisco five, five? kid is your fucking favorite sublime thing you yeah. just say dumb shit i think for the sake of <laughs> either just irritating me or wanting to be so unique and different that no one will question no, it's it because not. it's so fucking stupid I was it being no okay. It's not, so, okay. It's not a top okay. five, no doubt. Song get the fuck out of here. And it Kid, is top five, no doubt. Dude, Cisco and, Kid and is you're like so you're obscure. S- it, it's like I just hope that if I say a really obscure like Sublime song, no one will question it. They'll think that I fucking know like deep cuts. No, of Sublime. Okay. no that's stupid. Okay, hey, come on, get the fuck out of here with you, Cisco Kid. Okay, th- okay, you're just getting you're getting you're a little out of control, but that's fine. Control, we'll we'll, we'll bring you back down. We'll bring it back down here. So running is a fucking single. It's not like this like fucking deep ass track. I'm not trying to be fucking cool by saying running is is, is great because it, well it actually is a great song. But I'm not I'm not one to be I'm not being one of those douchebags that's just picking a deep track. Cisco Kid, I'm sorry. Their their singles, Sublime singles are really, really fucking overrated. A lot of the shit on 40 ounces is good, but it's not great. Cisco Kid just sits as this like unique little nugget within within Robin the hood. And I'm not just being this like hipster douchebag guy. Like there, there are reasons. No, no, because if I was, I wouldn't be, I would be more consistent with my douchebaggery, but I'm not consistent. I'm not consistent. Running. I'm a wild card. I'm a um, wild card, baby. Cisco kid. Five, five, five was a single from the world. You are anything but a wild card. I am a wild card. That's, that's just the way she goes. It's the way she goes, boys. But anyway, running, yeah, banger of a song. I don't know why you hate it. You're, you're just silly. Just silly. It's silly boy talk saying that you hate the song. It's not a good song. Oh, you're so dumb. Uh, but anyway, Owen 2. What's your number okay. three? No Doubts, No Doubt. No Doubt. No Doubts, No Doubt. The first All album, right. 92. That's, okay. So here we go. This one's, uh, I can describe this in like one word, and that's charm. This album has tons of charm. Not they're your best. They they're not reinventing anything here. It just has a fuck ton of charm. It starts off with Tony doing his best, kind of like middle ground slap bass, and also still kind of like being a punker a little bit. And it's 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 charming. It's not great, but it's kind of like better than what you're probably used to if you're into this type of music. And this is the early '90s, right? So they're yeah. still kind of not not popular here. And that's fine. A lot of a lot of Gwen middle of the road vocals, but that's where it, that at this time that's what she does best. Those not highs, not lows. She'll perfect it on Tragic Kingdom. So in this kind of like straightforward, more punker mentality, her middle of the road vocals is what she should be doing. So it sounds like a kid in a band having fun. Everyone else, same thing. And then yeah. Eric doesn't do too much like fluffy shit with his keyboards. It's just kind of like straightforward keys. He's not getting fancy. He's not getting crazy with sounds and doing a lot of like synth bullshit. It's just kind of like straightforward, like nuanced keyboard. And I like that. I dig that. 
and they got some fucking bangers on this one too. Obviously, like Trapped in the Box is probably going to be the easiest choice because it's not just like an easy pick. It's a fucking goddamn good song. It's that it is, is a top five Sublime song or not Sublime, Sublime. no doubt. <laughs> not their best, not their best song, but it's top five. No okay. doubt, no All doubt, right. no doubt, just has charm, and that's that's something that's difficult to do with albums. And this is produced by them. This is like written by them. I mean, mostly Eric, mm-hmm. but it's you know this is it's just it's charming. It's charming. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, my number three is also no doubt. No doubt's no doubt. So, what what is your banger off of this one? I like Paulina a lot. Like if, if I didn't, good. If, if I let's just not pick trapped in a box. So like Paulina, because I like the back and forth, and then I like the ding 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 ding. Like I got a little Beatles thing there, and it's cool. It's cute. It is. It really is. Paulina. Paulina's so good. Paulina might be my biggest banger. Better than trapped in a box. Not really. Okay, okay, you're getting wild. You're getting too wild here. I did get wild. Get wild. All right, my so yeah, like I said, no no doubts, no doubt dropped to my number three. For up like a couple years ago, if you had asked me, I would say this I would say this is my favorite no doubt record. Uh over the last couple years, much like Sublime, this band is just I've just kind of not liked them as much as I used to. And this record is definitely one of those, one of those things. Um, it's just, it's a little too just like, I don't want to say circusy or campy, but it's just a kind of a lot of the same, which isn't bad because I mean, we listen to fucking punk records and metal records where a lot of it sounds the fucking same. Uh, it's just, it just, I don't know. Maybe it just sounds a little too cheesy at times on this record. And not to say that the members in the band are bad because all of them are great musicians. Uh, and there are some absolute bangers on here. I mean, my 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 favorite song is Trapped in a Box. And I I think, or I actually know, it's not I think, I know <laughs> Trapped in a Box is the best No Doubt song. Like, come on. Come on. I mean, you come don't on. know a lot of things. And I will say that you also don't know that either. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, damn. But it is the best song. And... Um, but it's a pretty one-dimensional record, very straightforward ska, you know, with some pop and everything. But really, it's only like more pop-centric because you have Gwen, you have this, you have a female vocalist, which you you don't see a ton of in any genre really, unless you're doing straight-up bubblegum pop. Uh, we'll which get is another into, really good song. We'll get into how much I think Gwen is Gwen Stefani is fucking underrated, especially in this early '90s Riot Girl movement. Like why Gwen Stefani is completely underrated. I wouldn't. I, I'm not saying she's un, she's she's overrated by any means, but well, she's I, I, she's he's underrated. Well, I know, but that but that but the way you're kind of throwing it out there makes it seem like I think she's overrated. I do, and I, 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 and I don't you, appreciate if you that. Don't if you don't think she's underrated, <laughs> you think she's overrated, and that's what you said, and I don't like that. <laughs> I didn't say that at so, all. I didn't yeah. say okay. So there you oh, go. Oh my god. Oh my god. But yeah, no doubts, no doubt. I mean, it's a great, it's a great debut record for any band, and and it's just unfortunate that that they put this record out in '92, in the midst of of grunge season. I mean, really. I mean, you couldn't get more in the middle of grunge season than in 1992. So of course, of course, it's going to fall by the wayside, and um, it took many years for ba- for like you know fans to even really recognize it. But uh, it's solid, good stuff. I do enjoy No Doubt. I'm not going to purchase from my collection. I do have it on the vinyls. And yes, Trapped in the Box is, or Trapped in a Box is their best song. I mean, so. I just it, it's not their best song. It's, it's well, so good. 
and it's why it's really wild for this album too. This it's album, out of control. Right. This album is very straightforward. It's really really good, and it's it's unreal that it did not even like in the the scene of Third Wave Ska that's can be incredibly goofy. This isn't this isn't that goofy. There's some really cool stuff that's going on here that is not goofy Third Wave Ska, but Trapped in a exactly. Box is on another level. Yeah, and they 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 did a music video for it. I mean, they filmed it themselves and everything. But I mean, there was a music video that submitted it to MTV and various other outlets. Barely got any airplay on like local TV, local what? Oh, I guess just TV at the time. But yeah, this this that video, this album did absolutely nothing for the band, which I'll get into, you know, momentarily. So, what do you got for number two? Go. Number two is the album that you apparently hate. I don't know why you hate it. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the Return of Saturn. And I've always liked Return of Saturn, but I never liked it. Number two liked it until this week. And I've, really I've realized like, like Return of Saturn takes the dancey kind of more, more aggressive reggae things that Rocksteady did and then put it into like No Doubts, No Doubt style. These are a little bit more punkier songs. They're kind of like back to the roots. I, it's it's a lot. It's sixty minutes. I get it, it's long, but imagine like no Too doubts, long. no doubt mixed with rock steady. You get Return of Saturn. I think this album is deep. I don't think it gets any kind of. I, I don't think it gets okay. You don't feel like it. it I don't think it gets really, okay like until like lulls? halfway through. I think there are lulls, okay. but but I don't think it, I, I don't think I, at no point do I think like I want to skip this song. They're always interesting because if it's not. Like Ex-Girlfriend, Simple Kind of Life, and Bathwater. Those are the first three singles, and those are the first three songs. Like those, those are just like untouchable. And so when you get past that, you kind of think like, oh man, I'm like kind of coming down from that high. But like Artificial Sweetener, yeah. Too Late, like some of these songs are deep. They're deep cuts, and deep into these songs, they get a groove going. And so now it's it's not just like Tony in the front with that crazy bass line and Gwen singing over it. You kind of hear like Tom and, and, and Adrian play together. You hear kind of like a back and forth between the two, and Tony's actually calming down and just playing rhythm as as the bass should be playing, as as most people would say, <laughs> playing easy stuffs. <laughs> Shut up. Even though all we talk about is how like r- how much we love squirrely bass players and all yeah. that kind of shit, and yet you love this. And it just it goes like Return of Saturn goes to show that they were clearly at this point the record label had so much involvement with the track listing and, and a lot to do with the image of the band because why else would they throw the first three singles as the first three tracks? I mean, that's a very, that is an extremely pop record kind of way of, of going about things. Like when we did Britney Spears, what a year and a half ago, all of her records, all the singles were, were, were up front, were within the first five tracks. That's just how it was because that would keep the attention of people and then that's all that mattered was just like, okay, if we put the first five here, people are going to buy the record and then they won't really bitch about all the filler afterward. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's what happened to Return of Saturn. And that's fine. And it was I more like, about selling I records like putting than it, it was there. making a, a good album. But the album is good. And the fact that I, but the it, first three uh, songs are like the, the quote unquote best singles on the record just shows that like this band is deeper than that. And they were they were, they wanted so bad to have like another Tragic Kingdom and more money because they were not successful until Tragic Kingdom and they were barely successful at that. It just came a little bit after and it blew up so fast they had no time to even like holy shit I cannot believe 
how fast is like Tragic Kingdom is so much bigger than people even fucking realize. It's not Tragic Kingdom yeah, isn't huge. regional. It's not California. It's fucking they sold 16 million copies. That's yeah. That's not like a small number. And so these these kids are still like figuring out like how the fuck do we even deal with this kind of success from Tragic Kingdom, but they're already writing songs for their next stuff. And so some of these songs were written during kind of like that explosion of Tragic Kingdom before they sold the 10 million, before they sold the 5 million even. This is the direction that the band was heading in no matter what. And you can hear it on Tragic Kingdom. Some of the deeper cuts in Tragic Kingdom, which you're probably going to say later on, see, they're a singles band. These deeper cuts in these last tracks are fucking not that good because they're boring <laughs> and they're not 16 or spider Well, webs. I'm not going to say dirk that. Dirk dirk okay. That's what you say. That's what you sound like to me. Stupid voice. So they're already going in that direction. It's just you got to gotta take the time. You got to put the time in. If you, want, if you want to put in the time, then you do the time or something. Wow, can, that I was. Can, I can think of anything that rhymes with time. Good. Slime. You can't do the time, <laughs> then you're fucking slime. Gonna get slime. When you're, Duh. yeah, lime. <laughs> this is, this has gone off the rails. All right, dude. Like honestly, I, I think, I think maybe like listen to Return of Saturn again, but just skip the first three tracks. See how that does. Uh, but how skip can you the not most wanna, popular? How, songs. how can you? How can you not listen to Ex Girlfriend? That's good. Oh. Simple kind of life's a fucking banger too, and that's that's all Gwen. It is a good. That's song. a Gwen song. Yeah, it is, yeah. Man, I remember seeing that video. video dude, the video's just, amazing. God, that video was played all the time, especially on VH1. Oh my god, that's all they fucking played on VH1 was "Simple Kind of Life." But whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, so that was your number two. Is "Return yeah, to Saturn"? Let's, let's hear Wrong, Beacon Street, baby. It's what? So let's hear your Beacon Street arguments. I will say too with with Return of Saturn, I'll give it I'll give it one last listen on the vinyls. I'll make my decision whether or not I'm going to purge it because I just do me. I don't know when I'm ever going to go back to it outside of outside of ex girlfriend. I don't. Can you do me one favor in your life? You never done me no favors. Can you do me one favor? Well, that's not true, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You do me one favor. (laughs) Listen to it one more time, but skip the first three songs. Oh, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's not a favor, and and don't think of it as a favor. I'm not. I'm not, that's not a favor. I'm just going to do it. Okay. Well, if I'm telling you to do it, um, that's a favor. So that's fine. Well, that's not, that's wrong. It's not a favor unless I say it's a favor. Um, well, okay. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Let's, 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 right. we're almost done here. Okay. Uh, my number two, Beacon Street Collection from 1995. Second record. This one, it's kind of a mess of a record and I love it for it. I love that they weren't. It was more of a, a punk, raw-sounding record. It, it They kind of dropped quite a bit of the, the, the campiness of the first record. It seemed like they were trying to be more serious. Maybe they were pissed off, and they actually were pissed off because they got no... They got no support from their record label, Interscope, and they're like, you know what, fuck it. Fuck it you guys. didn't sell anything. They, well, yeah, it didn't sell anything, and, and they so they got nothing for it, and... So they decided let's just make a like a makeshift studio in our garage in Anaheim and we'll just record this record. And they did it super quick in their garage and then they put it out and it, it ended up selling I think three times as much as um, uh, the first record did up until because Tragic of tra- Kingdom. Because, came out. because of Tragic Kingdom. When Tragic Kingdom started selling, well, okay, yeah. then they started selling. But even still, it sold up front, it sold more than, than um, No Doubts, No Doubt. Yeah, because but they got also, like five copies and they sold six copies. And it's not a <laughs> punk record because they got someone else to come produce it. And that the fucking the best songwriter left the band. 
That's the true. Only, Eric. The only punk song but on this. Still, but Eric was still involved. Eric was still involved. With Bradley Noel. I'm not okay. Oh my god. I'm not saying like it's a, it's a punk record. I've been saying it's more. It's, I mean, it's more punk this inspired. Is, this it's is more, the most alt rock record rock. they've ever done. It's not an all rock record. Dude, the all this, there's That's no stupid. song on here that is punk except for the one with Bradley, and they fucked it up, and it sounds like shit. It's not even good. But even even like a song like "Open the Gate," yeah, it has a lot of pop, you know, a pop Scott things going on here. But it's still more, it's more dynamic, and it's 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 not a lot of the same like they were doing on "No Doubts, No Doubt." And "Open the Gate" is "Open the Gate" and "Total Hate" are my my two bangers off this record. Oh, fucking um, made fun of me for "Total Hate." No, I didn't make fun of you. Hey, you say you said, "Oh, Brooklyn Bradley's on it." Yeah, but that's not the reason why I like this song. It's not oh, Bradley's barely even noticeable. You don't—he doesn't, doesn't even sound like him. It, except it doesn't even except sound in like the him. end. But yeah, when it slows down, when it goes like halftime, and it becomes like a reggae song. He even says like, but, "Oh, sublime style, I'm Bradley, and I sing like." I love Bradley. No, I shouldn't say that. And that and that part was so lame. <laughs> That's what they do. Dude. That part when at halftimes, it's just like, oh, dude, why do you? This is like, that's what I don't like about Sublime is when you do that kind of shit. But it was cute in '95 like, when like no one else yeah, was doing it, and they're like, <sighs> like networking with each other. It was fucking dope in '95. I get it, but it's just it's so lame now. It's like a lot of that's how a lot of Forty Ounces to Freedom is. That's why that record is just it's good, but it's not it's not great. Like Robin you're, the Hood you're, and Sublime, you're, Sublime. You're fucking nuts, dude! You are absolutely fucking bonkers. I don't make the rules, man. That's just the way she goes. Um, but yeah, Beacon Street is my uh, my uh, my number two. Oh, also, fun little fact too. Beacon Street came out like it came out, and then I think what eight months later, Tragic King they put Tragic Kingdom out. So that turnaround right there was it was fucking short. Well, and well, hold on there, dude, because well, it wasn't quite well, like a turnaround. These songs were already pretty much done. They just, yeah, a lot of them they, were. They just wanted something to release. Because they felt like they were falling into obscurity, it was already a hassle for them to even get any kind of money touring from their label or anything else. And so these songs were pretty much done. And that's why they hired a producer to come in real quick. And they built their 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 makeshift studio, not because they wanted to be punkers, but because they wanted to release the shit quick. And that's they fucking wanted, that's cool as hell. They that's wanted punk a quick shit. buck. They wanted a quick buck. That's punk as shit. Fuck it's that. not punk as shit. It would have been punk as shit it if they is. built their own studio and produced their own album like they did their first one. But they did not. They brought in somebody else to do it real quick and get it out as soon as possible so they can make a little There's bit of money. Nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with hiring a producer and engineer. To then don't call do them punker as shit because it's the most opposite. I of said what it's punker punk I'm, I'm not saying it's like I'm not saying there's some like fucking gutter punk motherfuckers. It's just a more. It's just it's a. That is the most opposite thing. of like a punk thing to do is build your own fact, studio because uh, you want to get real quick money real fast. Go to check and, in and the cash if you want fucking money real quick. <laughs> Check in the cash. That yeah. is something I don't think has been around for 20 years. I don't, I don't know where you get fast cash now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go, go to one of those places. <laughs> Check in the cash. Man, that, I forgot about those ads. That That's all. The, you would see that every ad, every commercial break when you were watching TV when we were growing up. Check in the cash. Remember check the fingertips? We would like, do the check mark yeah. with the fingertips. Check in the cash. <laughs> oh, I hated those ads. <laughs> those, I hated those ones and I hated um, the Dashers. The Dashers and Dashers. Dashers. Dashers, Dashers. There's some guy saying oh, Dashers twice. Dashers, Dashers. <laughs> and then it was always like the fireworks going off in the background, and like Dashers would would like pop up really quick. Ah, oh, dude, it was that was those are terrible commercials. I, I mean, I loved all those commercials. Or Survival Insurance, Survival Insurance. Remember are that you, one too? Are you insured? Yeah. By Survival. By Survival. No. Can't take that ride. <laughs> <laughs> 
respect to that one too. <laughs> Commitment to the game. I respect that oh, one. Oh man, I swear anybody who doesn't, I think feel like this is all Southern California shit too. But I guarantee you this shit's probably going to be on YouTube. Go check out survival insurance commercials, uh, Dasher's insurance commercials, and check into cash commercials because they For were sure. just so terrible. For sure the survival one because the guy's in the middle of the desert and the only like car within eye shot is like this this super hot woman in a convertible coming to pick him up in the middle of the desert <laughs> and he passes on the ride because she doesn't have survival insurance. <laughs> Which I don't think is even around anymore. I don't think so either. <laughs> but look at this. 25 years later, we're still talking about survival. And that's so how good. effective that ad was. Because we're still talking about it 25 years later. I wish it was like a like a discogs for people that just wrote like jingles and then like uh, like this like like, like writers for, for ads and things <laughs> like that because that was a good commercial. Oh, it's so dumb. So dumb. But yeah, anyway, Beacon Street Collection. But it, but we got to talk about this because we're still in Orange County season, and it all it all exactly you know, exactly it, exactly it all goes on goes into this. So, um, yeah, Beacon Street Collection, my number two. So obviously, Tragic Kingdom is both of our number ones. So we'll get into that. Uh, go listen to the main episode, and that's it. That's all. Quiz of money. <laughs>